In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the Gospel text this morning, two people are leaving Jerusalem on their way to Emmaus, seven miles away. If you've ever been to the Holy Land, it's impossible to tell how many miles Emmaus really is, since there are four of them. <laughs> so we'll take what the Gospel says in the text and assume it's the Emmaus that's seven miles away. Depending on the terrain and their speed, roughly a three and a half hour walk. If you've ever walked with another person for any distance, you know there are ebbs and flows to the conversation. You have your own conversation and you give a nod or a brief hello to those who pass you by. And someone is nearby, a fellow traveler along the way going their direction, and he is not terribly polite. He's been eavesdropping, and he's not even ashamed to admit it because he asks more about their conversation, and that's pretty bold. Now, I don't know if you've ever been talking about something important with a friend and a stranger comes along walking close enough for them to hear what you are talking about and then butts into your conversation and asks for more details about your business. I would be inclined to politely inform them that, um, excuse me, but we are having a private conversation and I wish you well on your journey. And then my friend and I would change our walking speed to put distance between us and them. I'm sure part of it is the nature of our society now and that the risks that we face, especially as a woman, when approached by a stranger on a road. But not these two. When asked, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along, they stopped. They stood still because they were filled with sadness. And sometimes when our hearts are full of emotion, we're more likely to engage other people who enter our sphere as we search for understanding and a way forward. And one of the pair, incredulous that this stranger is so unaware of the local scene, shares the story of Jesus as they've been rehearsing in their conversation. Quote, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, he was a mighty prophet in deed and in word before God and before all people. And our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. And we had hope that he was the one to redeem Israel. But it's all dashed. He's dead. We don't know where his body is. Some women went to the tomb. We didn't go, but we weren't sure of their story, so we sent men along to check out the women's story, and he wasn't there. We've all been in that place where we've set our resources and faith in something truly important and it doesn't turn out the way we hoped it would. When we work hard for what we believe in, even when we work imperfectly, and sometimes through no fault of our own, our hopes are dashed, it seems no good could come from our labors. But Jesus, after a stern rebuke, says something different and he reframes the situation for them. Their context was we were hoping for a redeemer who was promised to us. But just as he is dead, so are our hopes and dreams. Now, we know there will always be dream killers, people who will take the gifts God has planted among us and within us and try and kill and bury it. But that is never the end of the story. Jesus is that redeemer, even when we don't know it. And as he walks with them and talks with them, 
He reframes their history and their understanding. Instead of just talking about the last three years of their experience mixed in a foreign culture, this stranger walking beside them roots the story of the Redeemer in their ancient history. Starting with Moses and all the prophets, he interprets to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. And nobody can define you like you can define you. He started with their deliverance story, with the story they knew of God's faithfulness sending a redeemer when they needed it before. And in starting with their words of pain, this stranger walked them out of despair and into the possibility of hope. He reminded them that the redeeming work of God isn't just situated in a failed attempt at hope, but in their own experience of God, where God had continually shown a pattern of faithfulness. He shared the miraculous infancy of Moses, not killed at birth like the other boys, receiving the finest education possible of the time in Pharaoh's household, and learned how to live in the wilderness before bringing the people of Egypt out into the promised land. And perhaps he shared the stories found in the prophets when all was lost and God shows up, because that is never the end of the story. Perhaps he shared with them about Daniel being in the den of lions, who were hungry but suddenly lost their appetite when Daniel walked in. Or maybe the story of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, the three Hebrew men, known by their Babylonian names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were thrown into a fiery furnace. Three men went in, but four men showed up. Maybe he shared of people who experienced miraculous deliveries and the works of God, even in places where you would not expect God to be. This stranger, walking with them, reminded them of the God who was present when all seemed lost, when it was not what they hoped or had anticipated. And sometimes we have to reach back further than the immediate story to get the full understanding of how to proceed. Sometimes to reframe the present, we have to rehearse the past of God's faithfulness. They welcomed the stranger, and in welcoming the stranger, they discovered Jesus. And eventually, if we wait long enough and welcome long enough and keep our hearts open and keep questioning and walking, Jesus will reveal himself to us as well. But Jesus didn't reveal himself in a miracle, but in the mundane, in the taking, blessing, breaking, and giving of bread. God is present where we least expect God to be, active in the world around us, if we only take the time and have the eyes to see it. In the words of Shannon Pater, broken bread nurses our broken faith and can give us the courage to leave our grave clothes behind and vacate the vault of our defeated dreams. May we forever be nourished at the table of the Lord, that our eyes may be open to see the work of God around us, that our faith be reinvigorated for the work that God has before us, and that our lives reflect the joy and the hope of the resurrection of our Lord.